Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet featuring two hosts with the same middle name. I think that's true. Hmm. Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin and I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Trip and Corbin. And we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't. And welcome to episode number 27, covering... The Season 3 Christmas Special, The Runaway Bride. Now, he said the Season 3 Christmas Special. I don't even know how they categorize them. Is this the Season 2 Christmas Special? Or the Season 3. Amazon lists it... As Episode 1 of the series. Yeah, as Episode 1 of Series 3. So, at any rate, in case you forgot, this is the one where a bride mysteriously beams out of her wedding and somehow lands on the TARDIS. Uh, that's a typo. Should be in the TARDIS. She didn't really land. Anyways, yeah. the doctor tries to get her back to the church, but something's not quite right. Really, it's impossible for her to have been on the TARDIS in the first place, and those Santas look familiar. The bride, let's go ahead and call her Donna, gets bridenapped by one of the Santas, and the doctor rescues her in the most dramatic way possible. Eventually, the, d- the doctor discovers that Donna's company, H.C. Clemens, is owned by Torchwood. While investigating the building, they discover the Empress of the Rachnos, which is totally impossible. Wow. <laughs> it turns out the whole Earth was formed around a Rachnos ship 4.6 billion years ago. The Doctor gives the Empress one chance to surrender. She doesn't, so he kills her children. Harsh. Wow. <laughs> she goes back to her ship, but some tanks take her out because Mr. Saxon said so. The Doctor gets <laughs> Donna home, but invites her to come with him. She's too scared and says no. But he could find some. Uh, but he should find someone because sometimes he needs someone. He had someone once, and her name was Rose. You Let's could have done a some tongue twisters before we started this. Hammer, 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 hammer. You're tripping on all the words. Good <laughs> there's, job. There's tricky words in there. Yeah. All right. So this is story number one seventy eight, which aired. Trip. When did this one air? It's the Christmas special. And Christmas. It did. Christmas 2006 to 9.3 million viewers. Which the wow. starting one was 10.8, I believe, yeah. or something like I'm that. I'm going to unofficially say this is the highest number we've seen since then, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Wait. Because I'm pretty sure it was like 10 other? to 8. Yeah. Something it, like it, that. it dropped. Wasn't there other hung out in the eights. I thought there was one that went up to 10. I don't think that there was one that got... I don't think they ever quite got back to 10 no. so far. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was everyone saw that first season of Tenet, and they were like, you got to watch this. It's amazing. you got to check this out. Uh, so this was written by our man Russell T. Davies and directed by Euros Lynn. <coughs> we have a special cast this week. Uh, Donna Noble, a.k.a. The Runaway Bride, was played yeah. by Catherine Tate. Now, I mentioned this um, last, last time in the series yes. recap episode that uh, we have no idea what that means, Catherine Tate. But she was, you know, a comedian, uh, very, very prominent in UK shows and things like that. So, and kind of known Mm -hmm. for being, (sighs) the character that you saw this episode is kind of like her thing, except usually even more brash and and, and rough around the edges. You notice she has a bit of a turnaround though near the end of the episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, Corbin, walk us through the other ones here. Lance Bennett was Don Gillett. Uh-huh, that was... <laughs> it's like the same name. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Don Gillett playing Lance Bennett. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, and then Sarah Parrish does a ridiculously terrifying job as the Empress of the Rachnos. Um, yeah. Can you imagine playing that part? 
<laughs> like how bad her throat had to hurt after going ah! <laughs> for like a week and a half or however long it was that she had to be filming that. Uh, and we're going to come back around to this, but I want to know more about that getup that they had her in. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna talk about that. Was that a suit or was that CGI? That's, that's the question. That's what I wanted to know. All right, so the doctor uh, under miscellaneous trivia here, this is the first time, and I didn't realize this, this is the first time we've actually heard Gallifrey on screen since the, the reboot. Revival. Yeah, the revival. Wow. Nine never said Gallifrey? No. Really? I s- the Time Lord was mentioned so many times. Wait, we talked about the Gallifrey time was. Um, the girl said it, but the doctor never did. Which girl? You you flew off the Gallifrey and left me. <coughs> it was like you flew off the Gallifrey and left me here. No, I'm fairly positive she just said you flew off. I don't think huh. she mentioned Gallifrey. I think she did. The thing does say this is the first time the Doctor... Yeah, references. this says the Doctor references Gallifrey uh, by name for the first time. So, uh, at any rate, that's kind of interesting because I know I've mentioned it several times to you guys here on the show and in conversation and whatnot. Uh, so it's funny how sometimes, because of the way we interact with Doctor Who, we miss some of those little those yeah. little things like that. So um, Then we have an interesting throwback. Remember, we, we shed a little tear for... Rose, uh, there's a quick scene where the doctor is. <laughs> Trip, are you okay? Trip is dying. He's sorry he's, about your ears. He's doing his uh, impression of the Empress of the Ragnos. <laughs> oh, After the filming. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's uh, when the doctor is waiting in line for the ATM. There's a, a sign kind of over his shoulder that you can see for a shop called Henrik's. Which is where Rose worked yeah. in the first episode. So I, I guess like, they that rebuilt one? that place. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, and uh, so just a, a fun little throwback there. And there's also a sign for Henrix on the taxi that she gets bridenapped in. So interesting little throwbacks there. Uh, there's a quick little throwaway note here that was on uh, on the Wikia that says this episode is the first of the Mr. Saxon arc. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. We didn't hear anything about Mr. Saxon. And then buried in the notes somewhere, as I said in the recap, when the tanks shoot down the Webstar. That was by Mr. Saxon's order. Mr. Saxon gave the order. So for right now, that's all you know. Well, so that's going to be. The only reason that's on there is because I happened to click on him to figure out who that was. So I know a little. Bit. Oh, you gotta stop but doing the notes. I, I tried to not read too much. I gotta, I gotta get on the ball and do these notes. So you're not getting spoilers. So, at any rate, so this is that's this word, this this words, this series word, right? So we had Bad Wolf, we had Torchwood. This go around, it's gonna be uh, Mr. Saxon is gonna be our art. It is. What? Mr. Saxon. I didn't realize that was going to be a reoccurring thing. I just I think knew so. I, I, he I, would be showing up later. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're going to tease it out Mr. a little bit. Mr. Saxon. Um, at first. That just sounds so funny, Mr. Saxon. Like, well, have fun. We're going to be saying it a lot this series. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. So remember when the doctor uh, used used the old Sonic to get free cash, which is on our list. <laughs> later on. The ATM just starts like shooting money like, out at one point. Remember. Yeah, and the people um, were just picking them up, like, right. yeah. So that is fake money, because that's what you have to do for TV shows and, and movies and everything. They the can't fake, actually have all that money. 
Uh, that'd be a little risky. Yeah. Mm. How many uh, How many extras are going to be like, oh, no, I only picked up $200 bills. That's all. <laughs> so at any rate, they, they had the fake banknotes created. This is a common thing, but what they did for this uh, for this shot, the fake dollars that they created, or, or pound, pound notes, I guess, this is the UK, featured the faces of David Tennant and uh, Phil Collinson, who was the senior producer at the time. I'm trying to figure out who noticed this. Like, was this in an interview, or did someone actually spot this? Well, and then it said, they did mention that the Doctor Who Facebook page posted images of it uh, oh, back, ah, back at okay. the time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I wonder, I, I was curious, I need to go back and like pause it and like see if we can zoom in and, and, and notice it at all, or is it completely just not... Not noticed. Like the only way there's you would like know a bunch of shooting out, so be kind of right. hard. Well, there's the only part would be like when they're laying on the ground and the people are grabbing them. Like you, maybe you could glimpse something. I don't know. So uh, special effects under costumes and makeup, we had the return of the Robo Santas. Uh, those things just creep two me bazookas. out. Two bazookas. Yes, and the return of yeah. the two bazooka. Those things though creep me out. Yeah. And mm. last time they. They like didn't take like, their I know how to look human. Let's have plasticky faces. Right. <clears throat> and then we find out there are the robo forms underneath. Was that... Did we ever see him last time? No. Without their we masks had, like, on? No had, like, no creepy looking Santas, so. and eventually they beamed off somewhere. Right, but you never saw the masks come off, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, what I'm disappointed is that they didn't explain this at all, and I'm trying to figure out if these robot Santas were originally were they from the, the Ratness anyways. Ooh. Ooh. Just, like... Not they weren't being used by the other things. I mean, the, the chances of having the same Robo oh, Santas. Yeah, that no, was no, the Sigrax. No. Hmm. no, 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 that was, uh, <coughs> no, 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 because that was nine, wasn't it? No, the first time with the Robo Santas. When what? No, that, that was ten. That was? was in the oh, because it was a Christmas, Christmas episode. Special. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was a Christmas special. Durr. Okay, it was the Christmas special. Apparently, I just don't want to remember that. You know. I don't the robot Santas are going to show up in every Christmas special from now on. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, and then, uh, and then, as creepy as the Robo Santas masks were, the actual Robo forms, those guys were cool. Their, yeah. their yeah. little robot those heads. Awesome. That yeah. was insane. Those were awesome, Blue especially while still wearing a, a Santa robe. Didn't he like blow it up or something? It was like, like yes. these guys must be so hot. They oh yeah, he picked a up mask the mask under <laughs> a mask. Wearing a robot suit. And a, a, a nice fluffy robe. What was inside and, of it? By the way, people. What do you mean? What was inside of it? People were inside. Of those. Yeah, it was actors wearing wearing a. a, a oh, robot Trip is still thinking of the time thing. this time where you can use CGI whenever you want. Yeah. I did catch a, a little side note that this, though it aired on December twenty first, twenty first or twenty fifth, it was filmed in late July. Yeah. So apparently they were blazing hot. And it was, I think David Tennant said it was like 30 degrees Celsius when they were recording. Yeah, which so. is what an American. <laughs> I don't know, but it's hot. It's hot, okay. Uh, so CGI, we had uh, the glimpse of space outside of the TARDIS. We had that twice, didn't we? Because we had where she first yeah. opens the doors. Plus and, we had that oh my gosh. giant spaceship out in space as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Several different outside uh, or space shots. Then we had, uh, again, where you're looking through the doors of the TARDIS yeah. and seeing the inside. Mm -hmm. So that's always cool that they're able to do that now. And what then, did it used to be like you couldn't see the inside? They just yeah. angled the camera so you didn't really see it. They might as well just like do a hand-drawn picture or something and put it in there. Something. I don't know. 
And, may, and maybe they did later on. I don't know. Early on, though, you never, like with the, the first Doctor, you never did. And I think I mentioned this one time before where when the camera is inside the TARDIS and the doors, the doors in the original TARDIS were big, giant doors that were, uh, the original inside of the TARDIS was white yeah. and the doors were big, giant, white doors. And so they were like bigger than the doors outside. And when they swung so in, totally they were like- white. This is totally like the um, Willy Wonka stuff. Yeah. With the yes. tiny door yes. that has the massive right. thing. It's the, it, yeah. But when the, yeah, but when they're on the inside and the door swings open, it's giant and there's no... They're like, meh, that's the way it is. All right, so the I checklist. how would that would actually look. Like you have tiny blue doors and then you have you massive would, white doors. I have no idea how I wonder what you would see looking through that door. Would you see... I don't know. That's so confusing. There's, there's an episode down the road. Uh, oh, no. Is it 11 or 12? I think it's 12 where they explore this a little bit. Something happens to the TARDIS. And they they, they mess around with, with some of this bigger on the inside stuff. Mm. Um, it's the only one that I can really remember where they've, where they've played with that idea. Instead of it just being like a casual fact of the show, uh, they actually they actually did something with it. It became a plot point in the whole episode. It's really fun. You know what I wonder? So we'll see that in about seven years. What does the TARDIS look like when it's not disguised? You know? You'll see. We will. We will. Oh, of course. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder. Hmm. It's a big ship. Hmm. All right. So, um, and you know what? I'm, uh, there's an episode coming, but I wonder if that ever happened in Classic Who. Because I don't know. But there's, yeah, there is an episode coming. That'd be hard for them to do, I guess. I'm guessing. Or yeah, well, I, I told y'all why. I told y'all why the, quote, the chameleon circuit broke, right? Like, yeah, from a real world standpoint, because it was cheaper. Yeah. It was cheaper to have yeah. the big blue box every time uh-huh. than to create a brand new TARDIS every or week. Or to have and when a it became train. the most iconic right. thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was one of those things. Freaking fandom. For example, uh, the reason they have teleporters on Star Trek is the exact same reason. Yeah. It was cheaper than doing an effects shot where a spaceship landed every week. They were like, uh, what if we just had them beam out? And because, I mean, boom, there you that go. effects shot wasn't hard. Apparently, it was a lot cheaper than, you know, having them, you know, taking the model and making a planet and doing all that kind of stuff. Mm. So, at any rate, uh, let's get into the checklist. But they had of to have the planet anyways. No, of them landing on the planet. You'd have to do a shot yeah. of the ship coming down to land on the planet, and it would have to match, and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, yeah. let's get back to this episode of this show. Yeah! Because <laughs> we started talking about different episodes of this show, and then a different show altogether. So the checklist, the baddie of the week, we already mentioned, the Empress of the Rachnos. I love that uh, Rachnos is very much like Arachnid. Did y'all catch that? <laughs> I was assuming that's what that was. Yeah. But she's kind of this yeah. giant spider thing. Arachnid. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get... Oh my gosh, guys. We got no wells. No wells. We got no... I'm sorry. No we got wells. no run. We got Why no, is run still on this list? I don't know. We, uh, ever really we got no Alonzi. We got none of that. Uh, we yeah, did get one. Fantastic. What? But it was the same as last time. But it was the one from last time. So we decided we're going to count it because he definitely well, did it. Uh, well, yeah. But it was really... Oh, oh, you know what, though? You know what, though? Loophole. Loophole. Watch this. You ready? Loophole. You ready? You, yeah. Are you ready, ready, Corbin? Okay. okay. Yeah. So they had to reshoot that. 
did the scene they? where she appears in the TARDIS and he goes, what? That whole thing, they had to reshoot that. That is not the original footage because well, they got a new director of photography and all the lighting was different. And so in order to keep that scene going and not have the lighting get all weird, they, they reshot it. Re it. Okay. So he actually did it twice. So why did the lighting have to change? I don't know. New director of photography changed up the lighting scheme. I don't know. So he actually did it twice. So we're gonna we're definitely gonna count. We're gonna that. count it because right. It was different episodes and different seasons. Different seasons, different <coughs> episodes, and they, they did it twice. It. There they you go. actually reshot. All right. So that brings our running count of the what up to two uh, thus far out of uh, out of two times that it's yeah. been a thing. Yeah. Now to be clear. Even though he said it like three times or whatever, we're only counting yeah. it as one since it's like right. The yeah, same thing. We're, we're what we're counting is when he has a spell, when he has a little moment, like, and he says what? 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 what what yeah. So or if uh, he just says what? Yeah, I saw a compilation video. I think I may have shown it to y'all of what? every time what? he says what? What? what. You told us this last time. Did I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, consistent at least. So, but and they, like they showed, and they showed every single time he ever said the word what. I was like, come on, guys, it's not exactly the same thing. Torchwood gets mentioned. MC Clements was owned by Torchwood. Um, several things were impossible this episode. Good grief. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when we added this to the, the list, the most since the Satan Pit. Uh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I didn't realize this was going to be a staple on the list as much as it has yeah. when I first added it. But this week, it was... I was just going to be like, eh, well, I, I mean, we might as well... Yeah, I threw it on there as a joke, honestly, because we kept Seriously? seeing it. Uh, but it was impossible that Donna was in the TARDIS. Uh, Huon particles and Huon energy were impossible <laughs> in the sense of nobody's used that for billions of years. Until they turned them into liquid, because humans are apparently smarter uh, than every race in the freaking galaxy. Yeah. Uh, and then but we're the, the least evolved. The Empress of the Rachnos showing up was actually, also impossible. Actually, because the she Empress made the human particles. Huh? Actually, oh, yeah, the, the Empress, Empress made the human particles. Yes, exactly. Oversaw that. Uh, Corbin, what's your note here about the time war? I was wondering if the Rachnos were actually part of the time war. Okay. I don't. No, remember they destroyed them. Because. The yeah, time the Time Lords fought them and, and defeated them, but I don't think it was part of the Time War. Yeah. Did they have Of course, time? there had to be, like, half a billion that managed to survive, because that's how Doctor Who works. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you're the last of your kind, that means there's a billion more uh, down below the oh, surface right. of the Earth or whatever. I've realized yeah. the Emperor of the Daleks and the Empress of the Rachnos have managed to survive both... Of the like wars they were in, yeah. Right. It's like you of all people. How did you survive? You would be like one of the biggest targets. Yeah, you would think. Well, and you know, I'm also thinking about the the last time we saw the Daleks. They had survived by escaping in the void ship, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. they were out in the void for who knows how long. And then, since there's no time in the void. There's literally no way to take it. Exactly. But then the the Empress of the Rachnos said that she had been out waiting all this time on the edge of the universe. So it's like you literally have to like hide from existence <laughs> in order to survive wow. the Time Lords or whatever. So. Funny, to get to the edge of the universe in Star Trek, it takes like 7 billion years or whatever. 
But she's like, do do do. I'm just gonna go have a stroll. On La di da. Yeah. Well, that or the Earth is very close to the edge of the universe, and we don't realize it. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah, because it we're looked, the first planet she came to. <laughs> it looked like the Earth was here, and then she was sitting here, and she's like, "I'm at the edge of the universe." Right. Yeah. Let me swoop what? in here. Yeah. Yeah. Little did we know we're hanging on the edge all the time. All right. So we had some uh, some jibberty jabberty. Holy off. cow! Did we have a paragraph of jibberty jabberty? He says, the doctor says, that it's impossible that a human being can lock itself onto the TARDIS and beam itself inside. There's some sort of subatomic connection, something like a temporal field. Maybe something pulling you into alignment with a chronon shell. Maybe it's something micro-butting your DNA with the interior matrix. Maybe it's something genetic. Slap! <laughs> He's just staring at her the whole time with the little well, eye examiner it, thing. It is a subatomic connection. It is. It, it is that with the Huon. It is pulling you into alignment. Yep. I mean... He was basically yeah. right, yeah. Just uh, about... Corbin, the wrong what made a return this week? Travel physical waveform macrokinetic extrapolator. Yes! I always want to yeah. say macrokinetic waveform extrapolator. I don't know why. Because you're just... A because loser, apparently. No, I'm not a loser. <laughs> you are a loser. Uh, the, the, uh, the, what was it? Pan-dimensional surfboard? Wasn't that what yeah. it was called? Yeah, the pan-dimensional surfboard is still hooked up to the TARDIS, apparently. I know, right? Did you wow. understand? When he picked it up, it's like had cables coming out. It was still integrated into the TARDIS. Wouldn't it be funny if that was just actually still there? Like they on just set? hadn't <laughs> taken it out yet. <laughs> that would be That'd great. Be hey, why don't we use this again? It's still laying around here. That'd be hilarious. I noticed <laughs> that apparently the TARDIS is bulletproof, but I was thinking that might have actually been because they had acted, activated the extrapolator. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, a little bit of jibberty-jabberty. We have the Huon particles. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah. No, it's not too much of a tongue twister, but... Maybe that should be in jiggery ha Yeah, maybe. So, speaking of the jiggery-pokery, uh, let's see. What can the Sonic do this week, Trip? What Do you remember some of the stuff the Sonic did? Mm, what did it do? It. So, we got free phone calls. I gotta remember them all, because they're right here on the screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> free phone calls. We have free phone calls, uh, free money yeah, free from money. the ATM. Uh, you can plug it into a sound system and explode robots by uh, blasting them with supersonic I know, right? sonic supers. <laughs> and yeah. uh, then it can also break Rachnoff webs. Yep. So uh, okay. <laughs> remember, they were like stuck to the ceiling, and he pointed and zap and wow. you know. I guess it's, I guess that's on the same list as uh, cutting the rope, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, exactly. Except webs are stronger, so. Mm. Hmm. But it's the Sonic. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The TARDIS. What was the TARDIS up to this week? The TARDIS was digesting something this week. Yeah. Digesting said, something bad. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's wrong? What have you eaten? Uh, what, what does it? What does... Yeah, yeah. Does it eat, like, time? Or the time vortex? It or eats is there, space particles. I remember one time... Like space particle soup in the time One time they had to recharge the TARDIS by parking yep. on the rift. Right. And then they started ripping the rift open with the... Well, with the extrapolator. Mm. With the, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but was it eating whatever was coming out of the, I guess the rift? Recharging? Sure, why not? Well, I mean, this whole digesting thing didn't seem to come until second series, so. Right, right. Uh, Corbin already mentioned that the, the uh, TARDIS is bulletproof, but it can also make it snow. Oh, yeah. 
apparently the little lamp on top can shoot up into the sky and now you make, make it snow. Snow. I'm afraid of you. Yeah, which <laughs> terrified Donna. The fact that he could make it snow, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, this is though we have seen this happening. This is the first time that he ever actually says that his pockets are bigger on the inside. Yeah. Did he Did he say Time Lord technology? I don't know. Yeah, I think he said Time Lord technology. Kind of vaguely mentions that they are bigger on the inside, but this is the first time ever it's actually stated outright. Yeah, that he actually says. Is this new? Who or no? This is the first time. So, like, apparently, apparently, the huh? What did he pull out of his pocket that made he pulled out like? Oh yeah, what was it? (laughs) We didn't make a note of that. I don't know. He pulled out something. Something big that shouldn't fit in your pocket. I think it was while he was trying to rescue Donna from the car. He pulled something out. Pulled out like a rope or something. I don't know, but at any rate, um, so apparently the fourth doctor was doing this kind of stuff all the time. Like he would just pull the most random junk out of his pocket. Banana. How do you hold huh? like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, pocket. and we've already seen nine pull a banana out of his pocket randomly, and ten had a banana because you always take a banana to a party. Um, but this is the first time it, that it says, and it totally makes sense. I mean, if the TARDIS is bigger on the inside, if you could do that, wouldn't you make your pockets yeah. like infinitely large? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. you? I would. Because, um, you know, then in a pinch, if you ever needed to, you could crawl inside your own pocket. Because why not? Hide inside your own coat. Yeah. A universe in your pocket. A pocket universe, if you will. <laughs> Hoovian antennas just went up all over the world. Pull the pocket. Pull the coat inside of itself. <laughs> Turn it inside out. All right, and uh, we already said the extrapolator made a comeback, uh, so that's good. Uh, other stuff we noticed. Uh, is this... Now, okay, now I know for New Who, this was the first time, I'm curious as, as to whether or not this ever happened in Classic Who, mm-hmm. we did the it's bigger on the inside thing in reverse. Did y'all notice that? This is the only time that I can think of, and even moving forward, this is the only time I can ever think of where somebody saw the inside of the TARDIS first. So you know how normally people see the TARDIS, mm-hmm. and then they open up the doors and they go inside and they look around and they go, <gasps> because it's bigger on the inside because they were just looking at a little box she's and then like, they went inside. how did you land something like this in London? Exactly, yeah. She's looking at this big giant spaceship that she's well, in. She's probably and then the when only she person out ever it, to have just gone straight exactly. past the doors. Exactly. And that's what I'm wondering. The only thing I could think of is if maybe at some point in the past, somebody like was knocked unconscious and they got carried into the TARDIS and yeah. woke up in there and that was the first time they'd ever been in. So I, I, I couldn't find any answers on that, but I was curious about it. But I thought that was really neat. that The first time she does the whole it's bigger on the inside, it's because she saw the inside first. So she goes outside expecting this giant spaceship when she turns around and, and it's, it's a, a police box. box. And what the heck? She's like, what so, is that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> we find out that uh, you can't go back on someone's personal timeline, which... That doesn't make sense. Yeah. We've, He's done before. We've talked about this. Well, actually, we just talked about this. Every person he interacts with in the past, he's gone back on their personal timeline. Well, no, no, no. Like, what it would be is like... The loose rule is that he you can't crisscross your timelines. So like the loose rule is that it's wibbly wobbly. That's the basic thing right there, is you just always hand wave it away and say, Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's a you know it's, it's not linear, it's wibbly wobbly. Yeah. So 
you he couldn't take Donna back on her right. own timeline. Uh, but it's not she like could. you have a time machine. But wait a minute, didn't he already did Donna the... <clears throat> a baby on Father's Day? Donna was on Father's Day. I'm sorry, you Rose. 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 Yeah. Because she couldn't touch herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she what she so he went back on his time. He went back on her timeline, and then in that episode, they went back on each other's timelines. What three times? Yep. Right. Yeah. <sighs> this is what I mean. It's yeah. inconsistent. So in this case, here's here's the real rule for Doctor Who. Okay, we you make can't up do the it. Rules as we go. Yes, but you can't do it if it would make the plot go away. Yeah. Because if she could just go back and stop it from happening, then the plot, the whole episode wouldn't need to happen. So if that's yeah. going to happen, then we can't go back. But if otherwise, maybe you can. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, he has a great line where he puts on a ring on Donna's finger and yeah. says, it's a bio damper so that they couldn't like track it her. It happened to be her ring finger that he put it on. I, I know. It was really, I was so bizarre that he put a ring. It's my wedding day, you rude idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he says, I love it. He says, with this ring, I the bio damp. He's <laughs> like, gets that B and that P really hard. Bio damp. With the um, little bit of tenant teeth coming out there. And then uh, we find out that Donna missed the entire Christmas invasion. Last year's Christmas special, she completely missed it because yeah. what was it? She was hungover? Yeah. Isn't that what it was? Uh-huh, that was it. And then she missed the Cyberman and Dalek invasion because she was in Spain. But, there but were... they were all over the world. Scuba diving. Yeah, snorkeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever sure. it was. She was snorkeling makes less sense than scuba diving. Either way. Yeah, so she it was... was still, like, an hour-long event. <laughs> it makes me wonder if she just is trying not to admit it. Because you'll notice she didn't mention the scuba diving thing until he said they were all over the world. Right. Yeah, who yeah. knows? I mean, she's just like, well, you know, whatever excuse works. I really didn't see that. Corbin, what do we know about the doctor this week? Uh, he's not from Mars. Very important. Much as Donna know. wants to make her. Make, make him. Kept Keep calling him Martian, Martian and Mars Man and Man I'm from Mars. I'm a gal friend to you. Yeah, that's right. Um, we have a little bit... Okay, Corbin, help me out with our notes here. It says, the creation of the Earth is the farthest back he's ever been, 4.6 billion years ago. And then it says, so that creates problems, the monologue. What is the monologue? So, I don't, I don't as part of my English class, oh, I had to do it. a monologue. And I chose one from the doctor. It was the 11th doctor. And he mentioned in it that he saw the creation of the universe. Oh, this is not a problem. It's not. No. Because that was that statement is made years from now. Mm, true. So between this episode and that episode, yeah, he could have gone back to the beginning of creation. True. But still. No. Yeah. So it's not a problem. Does he ever go back, though? I don't remember. You'll see. I don't think it's a thing that happens on screen. You're, you're amazing at this. I don't I don't think it's a thing that happens on screen. As far as I'm considered, though, why would he have any reason? He also mentions seeing the end of time, and it's like... Okay, well, that happens. That does? I've yeah. seen the end of time and space, or something like that. Yeah. That is also 11, but um, I don't remember if it happens before or after that episode. Probably before. I would guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Guess. He might have been making up some of the crap, crap he was spouting out. Like, I've walked in universes 
with the laws of physics created by a madman or something like that. It, yeah. There was a lot of crazy stuff. No, I think that happens too. It's like I've watched worlds burn, universes freeze, and stuff like that. Yeah, there was a lot of. We stuff. We gotta remember. Here's here's the thing. I always try and remember about. Doctor Who, about Star Trek, about any of these type of shows, is that we only see what we see. Uh, you know, so, yeah. like, what happened before, you know, they showed up at such and such a planet on Star Trek The Next Generation? Yeah. You know, what happened for the week prior to that? I don't know, but somebody's going to write a book about it, you know? So that's the fun thing about books and the radio dramas. The radio mm-hmm. dramas are huge for Doctor Who. There's all kinds of stories they get told uh, that they just sort of weave into the existing timelines. And uh, there's actually a whole controversy about, for a while, there was a controversy about whether Eccleston was actually the ninth doctor. Mm. Because there's another doctor that was only in the comics, or maybe in the comics and the audio dramas, I can't remember, um, that was supposed to be the ninth doctor. But then when they rebooted, they kind of ignored it or something, and then they like they 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 went in and ret- retconned it somehow. I mean, so all of this kind of stuff happens where there's a million little stories that Rose and the Doctor have that they'll even mention on screen that we never get to see. Yeah, they you know? were doing that with in Boomtown when right. they're just randomly yeah. talking about and they're like reminiscing. Happened. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was actually the scene that I was thinking of when I was saying that. Yeah. So, um, so let's see. And then uh, again, just the the doctor. I'm sorry, Donna tells the doctor to find someone because sometimes he needs someone. So I thought that was. Uh, she only had to hang out with him for one day to realize that sometimes he needs someone. Why? By the way, why does she say that? Uh, I don't know. Just. She had to stop him. What? Remember, oh, yeah. he's standing there while you know the children are drowning. The 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 Rachnos children are drowning, and and the Empress is going crazy and everything. And he's just standing there, and there's flames and water, and and he's just watching it all. And she's like, "Doctor, you can go now. <laughs> like, it's enough. You can be done now." Yeah. And uh, you know, it's kind of like, "Hey, what would what would he have done if she hadn't been there?" at that moment, if he hadn't had someone to call him down, because every now and then he kind of needs somebody. So, kind of interesting. And we're going to, mm. uh, and moving forward, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll play with that idea. Uh, so, let's talk about this week. Actually, real quick, let's do our overall impressions. Overall rating out of 10, Trip. Mm, I think this was a really good episode. Okay. But, I don't really know... Because I really liked it, but, like, there were some parts where I was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like, kind of like it was boring. It was just, like, okay. some parts where, like, I didn't really like it. Okay. Because there wasn't much going on. All right. So and what are you going to give? I think maybe an 8 out of 10 Rachnoses or whatever. Rachnoses. All right. Rachno- drowning Rachnos babies. Yeah, Corbin, that's what about you? horrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it was it was an okay episode, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, what did you give it? An eight. Eight. eight? Oh wow! And you were talking about how like eh, it wasn't that good <laughs> and stuff. 
I feel like eight has become a very normal one for us. Yeah. Um, sure. I'm probably gonna give it an eight too, really. Okay. Eight eight Roboforms. Eight Roboforms. Um yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. Little between the, the series series is uh, because he's without a companion, you know? Yep. But then all of a sudden, like what as soon as he says episodes. goodbye to a companion, literally, as soon as he says goodbye to one companion, he looks up and there's somebody else. I know, uh, right? Uh, and she it doesn't stick to with be him. A girl too. Uh, yeah. She doesn't stick with him, but you know, he's got somebody right away. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's really interesting. Uh, we get some interesting stuff about Rose, you know, some little callbacks to her and things like that. Uh, some echoes from, from the previous Christmas special and that kind of thing. So I'm going to, because Corbin said eight has become normal, I'm going to say let's go seven. Seven. So I'm not overrating it. Seven what? I'm going to say seven tuba, two bazookas. Two bazookas. <laughs> I think that might have been mine the last time we did. It probably was. Yeah, All right, how about, our, uh, how about our creep level? So let's think about uh, Robo Santos. The Arachnos. Uh, let's think about okay, okay. Giant Spider Lady who blinks 17 eyes sideways all at the same time. Okay, let's think here. If you were to rate the bad guys from scariest to least, the Robot Santas and then the Empress. Definitely. The Robots can't. What? The Robot Santas were so much freakier. Than Wait. the Arachnos? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought so. I must be a wuss. I was kind of freaked out by the rat. She's, she's, she's a bit of a creeper. I'm going to give this one because of both, like, the Ragnos and then, like, that whole scene. That whole scene with the flooding and her, like, screaming and wailing and him just staring at her. I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it... he uh, finds old enemies? A that dude gives me the chills. Uh, yeah, yeah. When he comes across an old enemy that should not still be alive, oh... Oh. He's like, I will murder them all. Yeah, I will murder your children while you watch. Have a nice day. Merry Christmas! I'm going to give it 326 and a half creep levels. You know, now that I think about it, considering he only had that water flowing for like a minute or two, he probably cut it off before the water reached the middle of the earth. <laughs> the things. Yeah. Ah, don't worry about things like continuity and real world physics alright yeah. Trip. what's your uh, creep level um, I think maybe like 256 and okay. a half 256 out of 500 why are you so ridiculous <laughs> the, the elevator got caught between levels what are you, you going to give it Corbin um, I'm going to give it 200 since I'd like to be much more even than y'all are. Okay. All right, and uh, quickly, let's talk about Donna. What do you guys think yeah. about Donna? I think she... I feel like... I think she would be a really good companion. Oh, do you? Yeah, because she's like, okay, you can stop now. And she's like, are you sure should we be doing this? And then she's kind of like, yeah, I like adventure. She's and like she's, this and like that. <laughs> you were saying like a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. Why do I look like such an idiot for saying that? <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of random. So, anyways, so she she wants adventure, and but sometimes she's kind of like backing down, like. Yeah, I thought that was weird at the end. I really thought such a she jerk. was. I was like, huh? She is such a jerk at the beginning, though. Oh yeah. I really didn't yeah. like that character. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, 
She, yeah. That's kind of her thing, like I was saying. Is yeah. Like, that's kind of what Catherine Tate plays. Uh, she's, and like, like we I said, mentioned she, that last time. So what kind of a person does that make her? <laughs> exactly. So Trip thinks she would make a really good companion. Um, I was surprised that she didn't go with him. Uh, yeah. It was it was kind of interesting that uh, I was like, nah, I'm terrified of you. I know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like mostly horrified. Honestly, considering her nature. first experience is him wanting to murder, I'd be terrified too. So yeah. Granted, we'll we'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Corbin, what did you think of Donna? Uh, like I've apparently already pointed out, she is not my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) At all. None at all. She's just such a jerk, and I hate characters (laughs) like that. (laughs) That's not my ideal character. I, I think it's interesting that she, yeah, she comes off, like, rough and abrasive at the beginning, but, but then, then she kind of grows on you. She does have that you. change. Yeah, she grows on you. The doctor grows on her. She grows on the doctor. You know, they kind of like. And then the doctor's like, "Hey, you want to be my companion?" No, you freak. Yeah, I mean, like he, she slapped him twice. I know that was funny. Yeah, she, like, straight up slapped him in the face twice. You know. Yeah, uh, it's so, like, what? Shut up! What did I do? Kind of interesting. What did I do this time? All right. Well, that's about all we've got for this week. Uh, next time, join us for season three, episode one, Smith. And Jones. So Smith, Smith who's Smith? Trip, wild theories. Who's Smith? (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that like his... I feel like I know him. That was like his name that he went by. John Smith. John Smith. Yeah, that's kind of his incognito name. So Smith and Jones. So we're going to have to find out who Jones is and if we're right about Smith. Uh, in the meantime, guys, as always, Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios Research provided by, I don't know, who was it this week? This was Corbin. This yeah, is totally Corbin. Corbin. He kept us on track this week. I've definitely been taking over on the notes. He has. i got to get back in gear. It's been busy around here. It's been yeah, so busy. Been uh, I am Austin, the senior you. producer. Uh, our audio engineer is Trip Reason. Corbin Reason is our production editor. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and to Star and the rest of the staff over at the Timber Glen Library in Dallas for the DVDs. You guys are awesome. We love you. You can find us, as always, at facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian. And you can also email us at noobsandthehoovian at gmail.com. And I can guarantee this. You send something in, it'll probably make it on the show. Because guess what? Nobody's sending us anything. Yeah. So we know... uh, Oh, by the way, guys. uh, When I looked this morning, when when, uh, last week's episode dropped, the Back to the Future episode dropped this morning. Yeah. And we were at almost 1,000 listens. Like lifetime wow. listens, so we're somewhere like nine hundred and seven <coughs> or something like that. So we're coming up on a, on a Yay. on a little bit of a milestone there. Uh, but we know, guys, we know you're out there. We know that we've got a couple of couple of dozen listeners. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not commanding millions uh, in our audience right now. But we know that some of you guys are out there, and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, we have been getting uh, actively reengaged with. Uh, that story show uh, yeah. used to be called Nobody's Listening. If you're not familiar with it, look it up. Look up that story show. I think thatstoryshow.com uh, is where you can find it. Maybe. Right. Um, we are actively, uh, you know, engaging with them, and it's real fun. 
Uh, so we'd love to hear from you guys. We want to hear your theories, your favorite moments, your uh, maybe we missed something that you want to point out or we got something totally wrong or maybe you're a bigger Whovian than me, which is not hard to do, and you <laughs> can share some some classic Who insights with us because yeah. I don't have any experience with it. So uh, if that's <laughs> Just you... Just if you're a Whovian, try not send in spoilers. Uh, yeah. That would be bad. That all right. That'll be okay because yeah. I'll read those and I'll, I'll screen those out. So you can do that either by sending us a message via our Facebook page, facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian, or email us directly, noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Trip and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. That was Star Trek. That was... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> My bad. They all sound too similar. I can't tell them apart. Especially like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Superman and all those. Well, those were all written by the same guy. True. Peace out.